Are the stories from the Bible a myth? Because many think they are. Or can these stories be backed up with evidence from archaeology and history? That's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Culture. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is pastor of apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church, as well as professor of apologetics, worldview, and ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in theology at Grand Canyon University and currently serves as an apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church. Hello, you are listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we're back again. Yep, we're back from Christmas vacation. Yeah, it, I think uh, it went pretty well for both of us. We were both yeah. pretty relaxed. Yeah, it was out. a good time with family, ate a lot of good food, obviously loved being uh, with the church family, celebrating the birth of Christ. Um, just a cool time to reflect, cool time to read Bible stories, uh, cool time to remember what Jesus did. Um, I loved it. I love talking to my kids a lot this year, too, about why are we celebrating? What's the point? Why do we give presents, right? Why are we giving yeah. gifts? Why, why do we do these things? Uh, and try to get them to see uh, and understand why we're celebrating what Jesus did and how we celebrate what Jesus did. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then, um, like I was mentioning this earlier, like the the services at Desert Springs that were put together, they were awesome. Like I think it was it was just really cool to gather with the church family. And uh, we had some really good cookies out in the lobby. Yeah, we did, man. Those, those, the Boyers Bakery. Yeah, right? they make these amazing cookies. A- every, every year, morning. every Christmas service, we you have. You know what them. goes good with those cookies? What's that? Coffee. You know what? Why did I Amen. even ask? Yep. Yeah, I should have just known. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like honestly, it's uh, no, it's it was a really good break. Uh, New Year's Eve was fun too, getting to hang out with friends and family. And yeah, um, see, you are young and you still do that. I'm old, and so I'm thinking, how can I go to bed at nine thirty? <laughs> Um, My daughter, though, Greta, she's uh, six now, and she was not having going to bed. She's like, I want to stay up to midnight. And I dared her. I was like, you can't. You're going to fall asleep. And she didn't. She actually stayed up till midnight, which meant I had to stay up till midnight, Tyler. Well, I heard a lot of parents, what they do is um, uh, lately it's been a thing where where they turn on – the uh, the ball drop in New York, but they mm-hmm. turn it on when it's happening in New York, like oh, several yeah. hours before yeah, it's 10 o'clock. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. just want to record last year's and show it at like six. <laughs> All right, there we go. Let's but then she'd probably bed. be confused at the very end when they're like, "It's 2018, everyone." Like, yeah, <laughs> she's maybe, like, maybe I might be able to turn it off before that. Okay. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it was a good break, but it's good to be back. Happy yeah. 2019. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. First we're excited. week of the year. Of yeah, the and our year. first podcast of 2019. That's right. right. That's right. This is our second year, basically, of podcasting. Yeah, it is. We're, we're approaching our, uh, our one-year one anniversary, anniversary. Yeah, in April. Yeah, yeah that's going to be fun. It is. Yep, and we want to do kind of a, a special uh, series for you guys through the month of January on archaeology. Yes. Biblical archaeology. Right. What do we have? What's the evidence? How can it uh, help us to have confidence in what Scripture says? Yeah, yeah. It, we're looking forward to getting into this a lot. And um, uh, we, we were even 
talking about it recently. Uh, I think it's really good timing, but all the Indiana Jones movies were just released on Netflix. That's right. See, and that's no coincidence, Tyler, because uh, I don't know if I told you this, but we now have a deal with Netflix. And they're actually going (laughs) to sync up everything they do with our podcast. That's it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. So you know, I wish. It, could you imagine that? That would be awesome. That's a well, joke, by the way. We don't have a deal with Netflix. <laughs> if people people are getting excited. They're like pulling their phones out, like, what? Getting on their TVs to see. And we don't start looking it up. I wish we did, but yeah. I would highly recommend those Indiana Jones movies. Yes, yes. Well, the only... first one's about the Ark of the Covenant, right? Yes, and I was gonna a, say that's a legitimate artifact. You're gonna you're gonna only want to watch the odd number Indiana Jones movies. Yes, because those yeah. are the only ones that are Christian related, right? When I was a kid, I really liked Temple of Doom. Yeah, but I think cool, it's just because they ate monkey brains. Yeah, yeah. I watched it again as an adult. I yeah, I got, like, eh, I got freaked out as a kid when he ripped the heart out of that one guy. Yeah, that's that a, a little, little gruesome. That's hard for a three-year-old to watch, right, yeah. Tyler? And that, and I, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that was actually the first PG-13 movie ever released. I think I heard something about that. Yeah, because they yeah. said it's not, it's not R, it's not that. Yeah, bad, it's not, but that it's gruesome. definitely not PG. It's in the right. middle. Yeah. So that, uh, so there's a little history for you. Yep. Indiana in Jones creating new ratings. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be back and I'm glad to be talking about this subject. But before we do, coffee tip. That's right. Coffee tip. We're still giving away our Christ Culture and Coffee mugs. Uh, If you want one, send us a coffee tip. And if we use it on the air, we will send you free of charge a coffee mug because we love you and we want to spread Christ Culture and Coffee mugs all over the world. I mean, they're pretty cool. I mean, we're both drinking uh, French press out of them right now. Yep. That's right. They are. They're, they're, I like them. I like them a lot. We're actually shipping one up to Canada from from the lady who won last week. Yes, that's right. Yep. But if you send one in, we will send you a cup. But for today, we have a tip. Today's winner is Mark. 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 All right. If you sent in a tip and your name is Mark, M-A-R-K, you have won a Christ Culture and Coffee mug. This is the tip that Mark sent in. And now this one's interesting because this is kind of a recipe for a coffee drink. All right, right, let's hear it. This is called a Turkish coffee float. Mark says, he says it's delicious and it's really easy to make, and really there's only about four or five ingredients. First, you take Mm. half a cup of cold brew coffee concentrate, which uh, cold brew is um, coffee that you brew cold. (laughs) It's not just a clever (laughs) name. No, but you kind of make it like you'd make sun tea. You get a big jar. You put cold or room temperature uh, water in it. And then you put some ground coffee in a filter. Um, They have special bags for this. And you can put it into directly into the water. Let it sit for about 24 hours, 36 hours. Okay. And the brewing process is interesting because it's it's kind of like a like sun tea basically, but the the coffee actually tastes less acidic and a lot smoother if you do a cold brew method. So okay. a lot of people wow. like that, but also it can make the coffee a lot stronger the longer you leave it in there. That's interesting. And so That's yeah, cool. so you, so for this recipe, you get some of that cold brew concentrate. He says half a cup of that. And then you put half a cup of plain seltzer water in it. Okay. And then you put half a cup of uh, low-fat vanilla frozen yogurt. So this is even health conscious, right? Yeah, nice. Coffee, seltzer, and vanilla yogurt, uh, like frozen yogurt kind of thing, ice cream kind of thing. And then he says he likes to sprinkle his with a little cardamom or a little uh, cinnamon on top. And he says uh, it's an amazing, amazing I drink. I love cinnamon too. Five, so that's five just – Yep. <clears throat> yep. This sounds really, really good, actually. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to try it. You should at some try point. it. You try it and you tell me how it is. And if it's good enough, I'll try it. But Mark thinks it's that good. sounds great. And so, yeah, if any of our listeners, if you try it too, hit us up on social media on our Instagram account. Yeah, take please. a picture of you trying a Turkish coffee float and let us know what you Heck, think. Honestly, if you end up trying out any of our coffee tips, let us know. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm still curious about how some of them work. I mean, uh, I think one week we even did that one where uh, different sounds affect the way that your coffee tastes. Oh, yeah, tastes. we that tried was probably, that. That was amazing. That was probably the, one of the coolest things I ever experienced with these tips because like, like, so we find new stuff like that all the time, and it's really interesting. And uh, they work. I mean, we verify all the tips before we Well, except for this one. I haven't, except, I haven't tried the Well, we haven't tasted float. it, but I but mean. But I can imagine. You can just, you can just believe it based on. I can only on... imagine. I should write a song <laughs> about that, about only wow. imagine. Mm. Yeah, is this going to be about be Christ, coffee, or? In heaven. There you go. That's It's everything. <laughs> yeah. But Mark, thanks so much for sending in that coffee tip, man. And we will be getting your mug out to you shortly. Yes, congrats. All right, today's tip on archaeology and the Bible. Uh, before we dive into the, the evidence that we're going to talk about today, I think it's important for us to kind of hit on what archaeology can do for us as, as Christians and what it can't do for us, okay? So when we discover uh, things you know, buried in dirt around the world, that back up what the Bible says, uh, number one, it verifies for us that the Bible is a historical book, right? And yeah. that's, that's really important. Uh, uh, Mormons don't have that with the Book of Mormon, right? right There's right. not been found one piece of archaeological evidence for yeah. the Book of Mormon, which is fascinating because if it is history, we would have found a ton of coins, right. swords, helmets, breastplates, mm. chariots, all the stuff described in there. We would have found it in America because it says it happened in America. Yeah. Yet we haven't found anything, not not, not a single one piece of, piece of archaeological evidence. Whereas for the Bible, <clears throat> we have thousands and thousands of different pieces well, of evidence. And well, that's why too you don't you don't hear about. Um, LDS apologetics groups. Yeah, it's because because they 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 can't. They really can't. Yeah, it's really hard to prove something that's not real. Yeah. Um. I, and so, but that's where Tyler, we we have the upper leg because Christianity is true. It is real, and whatever is real will prove itself to be true as you study every different field of study. Right. That's why we have science, and we have mm -hmm. philosophy, and we have history, and we have manuscript evidence, and we have archaeology. Yeah, so that's that's the vein more. we want to talk about today. And that, that's one of the things that's cool about apologetics is it's interdisciplinary, right? Yeah, <laughs> apologetics right. isn't just about archaeology. It's about philosophy. It's about science. It's about linguistics. It's about everything in life we can study and we can see how it points to God and, and to Christianity being true. Yeah, and then something something that's crazy about um, Christianity too, I think that se separates it and sets it apart from other beliefs. And we've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but uh, um, Christianity is one of the, if not the only, religion that encourages uh, its followers to question it mm -hmm. and to test it. Right? Yep, that's so, very true. So that's that's something that that we also have is that um, the writers of uh, that we see in scripture, they encouraged us to test it out to make sure that um, that what we're believing is true because they're just they're just finding out the truth as we are, and so yeah, it's and, something. And the that truth has nothing to hide, about. right? Yeah, it's, it's verifiable. Yeah, and yeah. so that and if that's it's what not true, why would you believe it? Exactly. If you yeah. find if you find that your faith system is false, you should abandon it. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's where that's where I'm at. If Christianity is false, I want to abandon it. I want to follow what's real. Yeah. Whatever that is, right? I don't want to believe in a fairy tale. Yeah. Is it about uh, um, like just being uh, devoted to Christianity throughout your life that that you're supposed to do, or is it like do you do you end up going free and can you do whatever the heck you want with yeah. your life? Like what you I know? I want to be devoted like, to what's real. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Devoted it, to reality. Devote, devote yourself to reality, and that's what we should all be doing. <laughs> yeah. So that that's why Christianity encourages for you to test it, for yep. you to investigate, and that's what we're doing here at Christ Culture and Coffee, and and that's what um, we're going to do with archaeology over yeah. the next uh, five weeks. We're going to be doing this series yes, on yes. biblical archaeology. Uh, one important thing, though, uh, I got this from Josh McDowell uh, in talking about archaeology. He said he said something really interesting. He said, while archaeology can verify history and shed light on various passages of the Bible, it is beyond the realm of archaeology to prove the Bible is the word of God. Yeah. And that's important. Archaeology cannot prove the Bible is the word of God. It can verify that what the Bible says is accurate because we can find evidence for the events listed. But it can't prove that it's God's word. I mean, even the the Roman authors, right? You think about Tacitus and Josephus. We can find archaeology that backs up the things they wrote too. Right. But yeah. it's because they were writing accurate history. And that's all that archaeology proves with the Bible is that it's writing, it's depicting accurate history. Yeah, but of course. if the writers of the Bible are correct in their historical accuracy, then... Uh, maybe we can trust them when it comes to the miraculous claims they make as well. If we could find serious problems with the history recorded in the Bible, maybe we should throw it out. Yeah. If it's not accurate, right? If it's then then how can it be trusted? But over and over and over again, it proves itself to be trustworthy because it lines up with what we find in history and in archaeology. Right, yeah, that's that's something important, and I'm glad that we established that uh, before we get got into this. And yep. Before we get into the the whole series, it's important to remember um, the purpose of archaeology and why it's important, and why it also doesn't matter in some areas as well. Yeah, what it can't prove, but yeah. it is a piece of our evidence for the Christian faith. Yes, and that's yes. that's the thing. We don't only have archaeology. Like I said, we have science, we have philosophy, we have, <clears throat> I mean, uh, even the existence of the church, on and on. We have all of these different types of evidence. And as a cumulative case, when all of them are added and compiled together, it makes a very, very strong argument for the accuracy of Christianity and for it being true. Yeah, and so that's why we're uh, going to get into this series today. And so we're excited Uh for the first one, we already kind of mentioned this a little bit, but we're going to get into Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what's interesting, Tyler, is for a long, long time, people thought the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were mythological. That right. the Bible was just, yeah. made, you know, it's just a story that was made up. However, archaeology has kind of disproved that a little. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's just talk a little bit about what the Bible says about Sodom and Gomorrah. <clears throat> okay. In Genesis 18, uh, God tells Abraham that he's going to go down and he's going to um, uh, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because their outcry and their sin has become so bad against God. So he actually is sending some angels down there to check it out and then to ultimately destroy it. And Abraham freaks out when he hears this, right? He goes, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. What, what if there's some nice people there? What if there's some righteous people down in Sodom and Gomorrah, God? What if, there, what if there's 50 righteous people? Will you destroy it even with 50 righteous people? And God says, no, okay, look, if, there, if I find 50 righteous people there, I won't destroy it. 
And then Abraham goes, okay, well, what about 45? You know, 45, because five less isn't that much. What about 45? Yeah. And he, okay, look, I won't destroy it if there's 45. And then Abraham says, okay, forgive me, Lord, but <laughs> what if it's only 40? <laughs> right? And yeah, God and says, keeps... look, I won't destroy it if it's 40. What about 30? Okay, I won't destroy it if it's 30. What about 20? I won't destroy it if it's 20. <laughs> what about 10? I won't destroy it if there are 10 righteous people, okay? If yeah. there's 10. And at that, Abraham feels, okay, good. If There's there's got to be 10, yeah, right? Yeah, it's funny, too. I was even mentioning to you earlier. I think it's funny how he jumps from at first going on intervals of 5 and then jumping to 10. Yeah, jumping and to 10s. I, he's, yep. And I think it's funny because we were talking about it. I think he was just like maybe just nervous the first time he asked. And he's like, so he just asked for a uh, little less. How about, how about only 5? five less people like 45 now now 40 knows, then, then he's man. like you know what i'm getting good at this let's do 30 let's keep going 20, let's keep 10. this up yeah who yeah. knows but but he asks that and god says okay if there's 10 righteous people there i won't destroy it right sends the angels down there they get to lot's house lot invites them in and then this really strange perverted thing happens the men of the city come out to lot's house banging on the door and they say we saw those men who've entered your house give them to us so that we can have sexual relations with them Right. This is in Genesis 19. Lot goes out and says, guys, don't do this. This is a this is a horrible thing to do. You can't treat people like this. Um, and they they keep demanding their way and pressing against Lot and trying to break down his door. The angels grab Lot, pull him inside, and they strike blindness on all the men of the city. <clears throat> right. And they're, they're groping around trying to find the door, uh, but they can't. And then the men start to warn Lot about what's going to happen to the city. Uh, and that's where we're going to pick it up today from from Scripture in Genesis 19, uh, 12 through 17. Now, Tyler, you've, you've got those verses. Yeah, right. Let me go ahead and read that. So starting in verse 12, we, it says, Then the two men said to Lot, Whom else have you here? A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city. Bring them out of this place. For we are about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-law who were to marry his daughters and said, Get up out of this place, uh, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons-in-law to be jesting. So they thought he was joking. And then it says in verse 15, When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife, your two daughters, who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. So the men seized his hand in the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters, for the compassion of the Lord was upon him. And they brought him out and put him outside the city. And when they had brought them outside, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Ex escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. <clears throat> this is really interesting, right? So what, what Abraham was asking about 10 righteous people, there's not, there's four. Yeah. There's four and they got them out, right? The mm -hmm. angels took them out of this area. <clears throat> what happens next is Lot kind of says, hey, can I go to this town and be safe and you won't destroy it? And, and the angels say, okay, you can go to the town. It's Zoar. Uh, and uh, they go there, and that town is spared. Um, but then in Genesis 19, 24 through 29, it says some kind of interesting things. I'm going to go ahead and read that. Right. It says, Then the Lord rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife, Lot, from behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. 
Now Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. So bad destruction, fire, brimstone, fire raining from heaven destroys these cities and just turns them into a smoldering ground. Right? Yeah. That's what happened in the Bible to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, when you hear that story, that does kind of sound mythical. Yeah, well, it's crazy to hear a lot of things that we're not really used to happening in there that you don't yeah. see happen. I've never seen fire rain down, brimstone falling out of uh, the sky on stuff, you know? Yeah, it's it, it, it's that's where people would think it'd be mythological. And plus hearing about just not only that, but also hearing about how horrible it was talking about yeah. the city, that's almost something that's like crazy to believe, that they were so bad that they wanted to rape the angels that went yep. into the city. Like that's that's... I mean, it's believable that that could happen because people are people are messed up. But yeah. it's still at the same time, it's For also that to unbelievable. be the norm in your society. Yeah, is really crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's it was insane. a mess, and so that's and I believe scripture is true, and so I right. think that this is an accurate story, right? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I can see how a non-believer reads this and goes, "Come on, yeah, like, you, you can't this believe is crazy. that's true." Right, right. So, how does archaeology help back this up? Yes, that's right. So we yeah we have a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of research we did after uh, before this podcast to um, to just kind of give an explanation of what archaeological findings we have and it's it's really cool seeing some of the stuff that uh, has come up. It's interesting because this isn't just a Christian opinion either. Like right. this article that one of the articles that we found is from Forbes magazine. Yeah, and it was actually from from last year now, I guess, December 4th, so uh, less than a month ago from the time of our recording here. uh, This article came out about Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, the evidence that archaeologists have found for it being a legitimate place. Yeah. You want to read through a little bit of that article for us? Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, just something that's really fascinating about this is – um, just that it says in part of the article that across this uh, Tal El – Hamam is what it says. Uh, Archaeologists have kind of found this widespread evidence for um, this conflagration that left a Middle Bronze Age city in ruins. And they found the foundations of it to be scorched. And the floors were kind of buried underneath like three feet worth of dark gray ashes, as well as like dozens of pottery shards covered with um, this like frothy melted surface. And there's, uh, it also says that this glassy appearance kind of indicates that they were briefly exposed to temperature well in excess of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which the approximate heat of volcanic magma, basically. Yeah, something. So, so this area that they found, it's in it's in modern day Jordan. Yeah. Um, by the Dead Sea, just north of the Dead Sea, um, <clears throat> it, something really bad happened. Yeah, because clearly about thirty seven to four thousand, thirty right. seven hundred to four thousand years ago. Because what they're saying here is that uh, basically the destruction that they've seen in this city is that like it, it would take some like. The force of two thousand degrees of heat. Yeah, to do to what do was the done. damage that it did, and that's that's yep. just a 
kind of an approximation of how again, hot it's, it had to it's be. It's interesting because, I mean, the three feet of dark gray ash covering everything. Yeah. I mean, what is that, right? That's insane. And it so, is. That Forbes article, too, uh, describes – I love how they say this. I'm going to read this. Right, right. Uh, they start off the article saying, New research finds that a powerful airburst from a meteor colliding with the atmosphere may have wiped out a Bronze Age civilization along the north side of the Dead Sea some 3,700 years ago. While the findings come from the excavation of the Tal El Haman archaeological site in Jordan, many believe that the same place was once called Sodom. Yes, as in right, Sodom and yeah. Gomorrah from the Bible, the Torah and the Quran, the cities of sin supposedly destroyed with brimstone and fire sent from God. That's that's in Forbes. Yeah, right? that's crazy. It, it goes on to talk about it uh, actually the archaeologist uh, Philip J. Silva. He's from uh, Trinity Southwest University in Albuquerque, and he's been excavating this site for 13 years. And yeah, that's uh, crazy. he actually just presented this report at their last annual meeting, <clears throat> which was in November. And he talks about how that there's samples from this site that that show uh, examples of extremely hot, explosive uh, areas that were leveled. And he says it was about 200 square miles that was affected by this uh, brimstone meteor burst (laughs) raining down a fire on this area of land. Uh, he says not only wiping out 100% of the Middle Bronze Age cities and towns, but also stripping agricultural soils from once fertile fields. And I thought that was really interesting <clears throat> because in the scripture we just read, it talked about how it burned the ground that grew things. It does, yeah. And he's confirming that. He's saying, yeah, this would have ruined the soil. So much so that he says it wasn't until decades later that people came to inhabit this area because you couldn't grow any food there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it had it had to be really devastating for it to, especially that it says it was at least up to two thousand degrees in temperature in Fahrenheit. Yeah, could you imagine that? That would be awful. I mean, just like scorch the whole area. Yeah, that's he. Doctor Silva uh, goes on. This is this is really crazy. Mm. <laughs> he says that. Uh, the intense shockwaves from the blast, right, from this meteor blast, may have also covered the area with, quote, a superheated brine of Dead Sea anhydride salts. Wow. Well, wait a second. Wait, it covered the area with salt? Yes. Wasn't yeah. Lot's wife turned to salt? Something she happened to She turned into a pillar salt? of salt. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, right? And if they're finding salt all around there? Yeah. Who, who's to say, too? Like, what if what if uh, people, I mean, what if that happened to more than just Lot's wife? Like, it could have yeah. happened to other people trying to escape and then just salt just everywhere on yeah. top of the... On top of the heat. Yeah, who knows? It's like, it's just fascinating. Like, you see that that's even further verification that, like, that Lot's wife really, probably really did turn into salt. Yeah, really crazy. Oh, and I was wrong. I said it took decades before people moved back into that area. That's not it. They say it took at least six centuries Six oh, centuries wow. for the region to recover so that people so can grow food even longer in soil. Than decades, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Very long, yeah, six, 600 wow. years. Yeah. Um, so, so God left a mark on this thing. And I love how the Forbes article actually ends. It says, the real question is, did some deity strike this area with this meteor blast, right? <laughs> and yes, that's the question. And it, it's fascinating because the Bible, once again, is backed up with 
um, the study of archaeology yeah. and the findings in this area, which is exactly where the Bible describes it was, north of the Dead Sea. Um, it describes this big, this big. Uh, it talks about this big circular kind of plain area, right? Yeah. They tell him go to the mountains, which means he's not in the mountain, right? You can pinpoint where this area is, uh, based on where Abraham was and on where Lot went, right? Yeah. And uh, that's the area, man, that we've discovered. Yeah, this, this. There's these cities here that were just scorched. That we find ash. That we find. Yeah. Wow, that's just so crazy. <laughs> it is. So uh, three once feet again, of ash. Three feet. Like like. You gotta think about how high that is or how deep that yeah. is with ash. That's and, and okay, and and again, aside from uh, so so aside from Sodom and Gomorrah, we we've seen crazy devastation like this happen. I mean, you think about what happened in Pompeii, right? Right. Remember that yeah. volcano exploded and it just covered like within 24 hours, it covered and obliterated the city of Pompeii, and it was yeah. gone. And it was t- I I went to the exhibit when it was here in town. They were talking about how uh, people didn't remember where it was at. Because they, it was just it was covered just in ash, gone. like they don't remember where it was, and it wasn't until years and years and years later, I think maybe even like a couple hundred years, that people went to excavate the area and they f- and found, they found it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's preserved, right? It's completely preserved as it was, and that's what we discovered. Um, but again, that's a volcano. This is a meteor type shower blast. Right. Thing. Well, I mean, it does the same type of damages. It's it literally said in the article too. It said that the, the two thousand degrees Fahrenheit temperature is the approximate heat of volcanic magma. Yeah, yeah. So it would have just melted and scorched this yeah. entire area. And that's exactly what Genesis nineteen describes happening. Yeah, wow. Abraham goes up and, and then, he looks out and he sees it smoldering. He sees the smoke let's just, rising. Let's just think about this too. Like if it's not. Like something that was sent down by God or a divine being, mm-hmm. how does how does it make sense? And uh, what crazy coincidence would that be for the this super smoldering hot meteor to come and hit a town in the middle of the desert? Yeah. Well, and and I, I can imagine what what people who would object to Christianity saying they say, listen, <clears throat> a really cataclysmic event yeah. happened because those things happened. Right. But that okay. doesn't mean that God did it. Yeah. Right. Doesn't mean that God sent it. Maybe it happened, and the writers of the Bible wrote about this event because they remembered it or they knew it happened. But they wrote a story surrounding the event, and you say, okay, you know what? That could be true, right? Because archaeology doesn't prove that the Bible is God's word. However, if they accurately describe this event happening. For a long time, people said, no, that can't be. That's a myth. And oops, we've now oh. discovered that it actually did happen. Maybe that's true. they're telling the truth with the other stuff. Yeah, because this didn't get discovered until... <clears throat> yeah, until more recently in history. Yeah. Well, even the study of archaeology is not an ancient study. You know, no. It's a more of yeah. a modern study. But um, that, And that's what we're trying to say with this is the Bible, it, it's not like it's proven itself to be true one time. We're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of times. We found pieces of archaeology that back up that the Bible's accurate. Right. And if it's yeah. accurate with all these thousands of things, maybe it's accurate with the miraculous claims. Maybe it's accurate with what uh, what God said in predicting these cataclysmic events happening. You know, and yeah. and then when you couple that even with what we talked about last month with prophecy, right? Couple that archaeology on telling top of about the future, yeah, and see that's a cumulative case. Yeah. We have we're accumulating different types of evidence yeah, to make got, a gigantic case that Christianity right. is true. Yeah, we have archaeology, <clears throat> um, prophecy, and even eyewitness accounts that you have. Yep, from multiple sources, and like when you when you put all of those together, 
that that's when you build up a really good case and you see like, hey, there's there's some uh, credibility to all of this. You've got it. Right. And, th- and that's what we're trying to show with archaeology. Um, now, again, it doesn't prove it's God's word, but it does prove that it accurately records events that happen. Yeah, of course. Yep. If you want to check out these articles, too, we're going to put them in the show notes. You could go to Forbes and you could see what they wrote about. Uh, also, there's an article that we've been referring to uh, from the Biblical Archaeology uh, site, and we'll, uh, we'll attach that in the notes so you can go check that out as well. But I love hearing about this stuff. I yeah, mean, it's <laughs> so cool. Even, I mean, you think about this evidence that we've been talking about came out uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, right? like, it was presented a couple months ago. That's that so fascinating. We're still discovering and we're still finding how accurate uh, the Bible is with events from the past, with history. So yeah. it's just super encouraging to me. Yeah, and I mean, and uh, that's our goal too with all this uh, archaeology that we're uh, sharing and discussing throughout this next month. It's that we just want to be able to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and to be confident in their faith. And hopefully through uh, the study of archaeology and um, just knowing that there's stuff out there that can... Um, help encourage you and verify mm-hmm. that the events of the Bible actually took place. Uh, yep. That's that's really encouraging to us is to be able to have the opportunity to share that with our listeners. And hopefully you can go on and uh, be encouraged by this and yeah. do some research for yourself because um, this month we're, only, we're barely going to scratch the surface of what there is out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with thousands of things, we only yeah. have five weeks to talk. Yeah, but. and they, they sell... <laughs> They sell magazines on this stuff that you can get online, and it's it's yep. super cool. You can even sign up for like uh, monthly updates on the newest archaeology stuff. That right? Yeah, found, I forgot because you they're can finding do that. stuff so much. Yeah, yeah. Please go ahead and do that. It's really fun, honestly. To it really uh, is to in- investigate these things for yourself and to discover and the it, truth. It's a good conversation see, starter too with yeah, your friends. Yeah. To be like, oh man, I was reading Forbes. Okay, super non-threatening, right? Forbes magazine, everyone knows what that is. Yeah. I was reading in Forbes and it was talking about they found these cities, they found this whole area and it seems like fire and brimstone meteor showered down on it and ruined this entire area, killing civilizations. And that's what the Bible describes happened. At right, the same yeah. time, they're saying they discovered this. So what do you think about that? Really easy conversation starter with your friends to get them thinking about the Bible and thinking about what God said. Right, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we hope, again, that this was encouraging to you guys and that uh, um, if there's any questions you have based on any of the material or content that we shared in this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, please go ahead and um, send us an email or go ahead and um, you could even send us a direct message on our Instagram account and we'll... We'll uh, try to get back to you on that and uh, um, be as helpful as we can in that area. So Yeah, definitely. Well, it was good being back for the new year, Tyler. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, again, Once again, uh, please go ahead and follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. if you haven't already. We have a new account that we just made uh, just the past month, and we're really uh, excited. It's been building up a lot of followers recently, and um, we're just trying to keep up on posts, keep you guys updated on what we're doing. Yep. And it's been a lot of fun, so we're excited to see uh, how it goes for the year of 2019. Yeah, we'd love to interact with you on our Instagram account, so go ahead and follow us if you can. And uh, thanks for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.